Jenny Dutson, a neurodiverse 30-something who is obsessed with organisational psychology and welcome to Lightbulb Moments, the podcast about all things psychology. Welcome to this episode where I'm chatting with Mindy Sullivan about Clifton Strengths. Mindy, introduce yourself. I am Mindy Sullivan. I am married to Dan. Uh, we've been together for 20 plus years and we have a wonderful son, Hunter, who is 11 years old. He's a rising seventh grader. And I am a Clifton Strengths coach and have been an advocate and fan of Clifton Strengths for a very long time. I just last year left corporate america after having worked in corporate america for 35 plus years and um, and now doing some freelancing doing consulting uh, especially things that are oriented around uh, clifton strengths coming up in this episode i remember you you know like i don't need a best friend at work i don't even really have many best friends in life you know like um there was a sort of rejection of uh the friendship that we now share how do i fix my weaknesses Like, how do I go to the very bottom of that list and make those better? Dan had a a nickname for me, Busy Bee. I'm just always about being productive. You know, like I might be painting, painting the walls at midnight or something. Well, welcome to my podcast. How weird is this? I'm excited. Not surprised at all. (laughs) Why so? Why are you not surprised, Mindy? Because it's you and your significance and, yeah, wanting to uh, share with the world all the great things about Jenny Dutson and the things that you've experienced with others. Well, we are going to spend a good 30 minutes geeking out on lots of things. Um, I always like to start with a bit of an origin story, which is um, if you think of superheroes, it's a, it's kind of a new thing that's happened with superheroes. So we see a superhero movie and then it goes back to the way that they became a superhero. Um, and I always like to do mm. something fun like that with our origin story about why we're both here today, why we're having this chat. Um, And I always invite the guest to start with the origin story because then I can just add in little things as we go. So what is our origin story in in your words? How fun. (laughs) Uh, So my words, our origin story. Well, it started in 2015 when I joined DYS, a consulting organization, consulting and technology organization. And I interviewed with the fabulous Jenny Dutson at the time. I, the only thing I noticed, the thing that I noticed the most about Jenny was her her brilliant accent, um, and I'm sure she was uh, enamored with mine as well. Um, but we we started working together in 2015, and I shortly thereafter joining DYS introduced the company to Clifton Strengths, and little did I know how much um, together that would really take root and together we would um, really do a lot of things in the organization with Clifton Strengths and uh, bring people along with coaching and uh, that kind of thing. So we're a powerhouse team. Yes, we are. (laughs) I think the only thing (laughs) I would add is that, and today we're going to talk about Clifton Strengths. We're going to talk about 
uh, strengths-based management, all of those beautiful things that that you kind of made me aware of. Um, but I guess I wanted to start by just mentioning that, like the importance of having a good manager. And and now we're very good friends. Um, but we yes. did do that transition from from manager to to friendship. Um, and I was, and I've said this to you before. Like I would not be the person I am today without you. So I think you're really mm. cool. Mm. And uh, as Janine has pointed out, uh, I do that audible. Mm, I do that. So, you know, that's, I would say, Jenny, that part of me getting introduced to strengths um, back in the early 2000 was actually, you know, it was really rooted in, at the time, what was conventional wisdom around, you know, like, people just didn't realize how important managers were and what a big role a manager could play in someone's success um, and effectiveness in their work. And so I sort of got introduced to strengths as well as this idea around, you know, what a difference managers make at the same time. Um, And uh, I would learn just through many years of working, uh, you, you learn as much about what you don't want in a manager is what you do want in a manager, um, given the people that you work with and for. Um, and I just think it was a beautiful time when we came together in 2015 and started working together because I had, you know, my fair share of great managers and not so great. And um, yes, I, um, I'm a big, you know, advocate and you know that um, of just how much of a difference it can make when you work with someone that cares about you. Absolutely. And in terms of that, like strengths based, because we'll talk about Clifton Strengths, which is a, a tool you can use. But even if somebody has no idea about Clifton Strengths, they can still take a strengths based approach with their people, right? Like it doesn't, you don't mm-hmm. have to know how to use the tool to take a strengths based approach. Can you talk to me that about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. Because, you know, you do Oftentimes, what I noticed when, especially when I first started using uh, Clifton Strengths and learning more about it, is um, not everyone's going to jump on board with it. Um, not everyone's going to necessarily want to do an assessment, or they might be open to doing the actual assessment and getting their strengths, but really investing the time to learn more about themselves and others. Um, that's just not always going to be the case. So, uh, what what I would do is. It was I just I just found it to be such an effective tool um, and insight for me just getting to know people. And, um, you know, when I when I think about what I would have missed if I didn't know your top five, if I didn't know what your strengths were, like you said, you can pick up on nuances about people. Um, I You know, I would have certainly picked up on your competitive nature. <laughs> Um, I would have, you know, that you just, there are things that are very obvious about, um, folks, but man, the, um, when you take the time to really invest and are willing to invest and learn what makes someone tick, um, and just what you can do, um, and working together with someone in that manner, uh, it can make a big difference. But if somebody's not interested in investing that time, there are certainly ways to, Um, spot strengths um, without the tools yeah and I'm really conscious that we live in this 
strengths bubble. So we use the language of strengths and we talk about Clifton strengths. Um, I wonder if you could just give us a, an overview for if someone's listening and they've never ever heard of Clifton strengths, uh, what's the high level? What, how would you describe it? High level, um, it really strengths is really a an assessment tool about what is right about people. Um, you know, the thinking behind Clifton strengths is that um, as, as a society, we have always invested a lot of time and effort into what we need to work on, what we need to improve. Um, and uh, like maths, I'll use maths, for example, you know, like I can go to plenty of math classes and accounting classes and whatever. I'm never going to be good at math. It's just 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 bottom line. Um, doesn't matter how many remedial courses I take or how many experts I spend time with. I'm just never going to be great at math. And the idea, you know, has been for, for a very long time that we should spend more time doing what we need work on. And so Clifton strengths and strengths in and of itself is very different from that. And why not spend your time and energy and effort? It gives you a lot more fulfillment and reward in life if you're investing time in what it is that you do well. And oftentimes people don't know what those nuances are, like what what they really excel in or where they can really excel. And that's where Clifton strengths can come along and and really help unlock all that um, opportunity. And we know from from our our perspective and our experience that so everyone has thirty four strengths, right? And they're essentially a group of different words in a different order, um, and they're different for everybody. Uh, but in our experience, just reflecting on what you've just said about how we're so used to focusing on weaknesses, one of the very first things and the very common question that we get is, how do I fix my weaknesses? Like, how do I go to the yes. very bottom of that list and make those better? Um, I know what my response to that is, but what's what's your response when someone says that to you? So I, I would say there is a reason why when you take the Clifton Strengths Assessment, they really want you to only get your top five strengths um, because people have, are so prone to go to the bottom of that list. Um, but if you happen to get all 34 and you're looking at the bottom, my response to that would be, you know, let's let's really explore what it is that you do best and do well, um, because most of the time those things that are, are at the bottom of your list can be um, can be compensated in some way or you can partner with others if, um, if it really affects the work that you do. I say as well, like the absence of a strength is actually a presence of another behavior. So yeah, oh yes, yes, right. So yeah, I, I, it, that is almost exactly what I used to say in response to that question. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I just learned it from you, and I would pretend it's. I my had own. forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, think about you know, we like, just think about it. Like think about people that we worked in, in, with in the past, and you think about sort of um, empathy, for example. And I'm, you know, Dan, my husband, empathy is way at the bottom of the list for him. I don't care how many classes on empathy he goes to, he's never going to be empathic. <laughs> um, but there are strengths that he has in his top five, top 10 that really help lend itself to him being able to relate with someone and um, go about it in a more strategic way. And um you know, that looks and feels, um, and it's not manipulation. It can look and feel very much like empathy. It's just a different way of doing it. Yeah. Dano and I share a lot of, uh, 
a lot of bottom five, right? So my two, <laughs> yes. harmony and empathy, which people often uh, balk at and can't believe that it's so low. They're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> but what that means, though, in terms of my, what I find is in terms of my job, I'm not afraid to ask the difficult questions. And that's the the absence of that harmony is the presence of being willing to challenge in terms of behavior. So if it was any higher, I kind of feel like I might lose the ability to ask some of those questions. And that low empathy means that I look at things through a, a very logical lens. Um, and so sometimes yes. I offer that difference of opinion, I guess. Yeah, and what what a great addition that is to any human resources team or learning development team. Um, employee engagement because you are willing to ask those harder questions, tough questions, and um, and really, what what can actually uh, evolve in terms of the conversation that unfolds when you ask those questions? Yeah, uh, you um, you just uh, got me thinking about then because you talked about human resources team, but is there a is there a perfect profile for any particular team? So if I am setting up a sales department, should I look for a particular profile? Should I look for, for one specific kind of person? Um, what does that look like? Uh, it is, it's around the nuances. And the, uh, so we use this language in Clifton Strengths, theme dynamics, right? So somebody, a salesperson might have competition in their top five or, or they may not. Um, and, and the things that surround a particular strength, like competition and maximizer, for example, um, the way that they combine and work together, it just, um, it really, there is no one profile that is the perfect one for any, any specific role. Mm. And Gallup, Gallup has done, you know, the research around, um, years of research and study around, um, you know, figuring out whether there are particular strengths that lend themselves to a particular role kind of thing. And um, and it's just like we're saying that that just really doesn't exist. Yeah, it's the idea. It's not what you do. It's the way in which you do it. Absolutely. Yes. When you first got your strengths, what what was your response to it? And was there something in there which really resonated with your identity of you as a human being that just clicked where you're like, oh, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Um, so my top five strengths are maximizer, relator, achiever, arranger, and positivity. And uh, I think the one, the strength that I related with the most at the time, it was in like 2004, 2005, when I took the assessment was achiever. Um, achiever is about, you know, uh, stamina and, you know, I, I just equate it to being a very hard worker. And um, Dan had a, a nickname for me, Busy Bee. I'm just always about being productive, you know, like I might be painting painting the walls at midnight or something. Um, so that really resonated with me the most. And I will also say that when I read Maximizer and this idea that um, I, I was very prone to look at strengths and very strengths oriented, um, which is not something I knew about myself. Uh, you know, like uh, I look at it now and it seems so obvious, um, but, you know, maximizer can be that strength that is the poster child for strengths. Um, <laughs> so I was just, that was something that um, I don't know that I, how, 
how long it would have taken me to figure that out about myself um, and having that insight um, much earlier on in my career was was a wonderful gift. I guess that's why the two of us together as as both maximizers, you give us a project yes. like strengths. It's it's never going to fail, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, do you uh, do you have a? Because now you do you do coaching. You've done a lot of leadership work. Um, do you have a favorite strength? I have a favorite strength. Um, yeah, I mean, it would it would have to be my maximizer, <laughs> uh, and what and um, do you mean like let me let me make sure I understand the question. Do you mean like my favorite strength or what I see in others kind of thing? Um, I think what you see in others that one where you go, okay, oh, yeah, I, that's either one I enjoy working with or one like I like to watch that kind of yes. Thing. Uh, so I will say I am absolutely enamored with the strengths command. Mm. Um, as you know, command is uh, is the strength that really lends itself to maybe taking that position that somebody else might be really uncomfortable taking. Um, it's the person that you want in the foxhole with you. Um, popularity is not always important to somebody with command. Um, and you know, Dan, Dan has command in his top five and I just watch sometimes I, I do think to myself, did you really say it exactly like that? <laughs> um, but it's just such when at the right time in the right moments, it can be such a gift to, to your family or to your coworkers, um, because you've got somebody so willing to, um, just put something out there that needs to be said, um, and, you know, so I, I um, love to observe command at its best. Nice, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's um, I love to watch woo. I just mm. love to watch. So woo is winning others over. And it's that ability, particularly, I think, in like the networking space, when someone is doing woo really well how naturally yes. they can make someone else feel. And and when I do networking, because I'm, a, without people realizing, not very good at it, I have a list of like, what are the five things that I can talk about in this networking session? And it can look like woo, but actually it's strategic. Um, but when you truly see woo, it is beautiful to watch because you can see the other person just relax into the, it's like somebody's put them in the palm of their hands and they're all doughy and relaxed. So I think for me, it's, it's woo. I like how you worked in some kind of food reference there, Jenny. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that should totally become a thing. I have to try and reference food in every conversation I have. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, what's, what's so funny about um, what you just said is like, uh, it's really the the beauty of watching any strength um, at its best, and this idea that we can we can really appreciate when we observe someone in an element where they're just so comfortable, right? And just how, like you said, woo can make make um, any kind of networking or icebreaker that type of thing. It can just you know, woo can be that strength to really bring people together, that social courage to bring people together. It's a it's a wonderful thing to to observe and watch. And and then when folks don't have a particular strength um, necessarily as high or as dominant, um, it can just look like a, a little bit of magic going on. Yeah. And, and we know, so we know the value of strengths. And one of the things that you and I try and do, um, and I think we do well, is equate the use of strengths with 
uh, financial, you know, like tangible uh, business objectives, right? So we can actually link engagement, productivity to bottom line for an organization. Because I think sometimes um, organizations see initiatives like this or they see strengths and they go, that's a bit fluffy. That's a bit HR-y. How, because you have been in leadership positions, how do you influence that change? Like, how do you sell the idea of becoming a strengths-based organization? Sure. Uh, that's a great question, Jenny. And, you know, there is something about um, you and I, we both share that the maximizer strength and um, maximizer can be very prone to um, that return on investment, really wanting to understand what the value is behind the work that we're doing. Um, both of us are very naturally wired to want to look at things through that lens. Um, and so I think I, I very frequently have gone into Um, You know, if I'm presenting to a management team or leadership team or or, or really anybody, because, you know, having worked in technology companies for so long, you're going to get asked those hard questions about, you know, kind of the so what, what's the so what of of Clifton Strengths? And other than it being a feel good thing, why why would we do this? Um, And, you know, there's uh, my, my... response to or what I would do in preparation of is really go in and explain the um, financial bottom line impact of uh, Clifton Strengths. Um, I do I do like to share that when I initially got introduced to um, Strengths in early 2000, I was working for a mortgage company living in California at the time. And the HR magazine that came came out, it was I was really in this um, great. I was blessed to have two job offers, um, and the CEO of this one organization that I ultimately went to work for um, was on the front of the HR magazine. And the magazine was about the correlation between using strengths and um, what a difference it had made financially. And it and it had this bar graph, and it really showed the correlation between profit. Um, and engagement and and things like uh, they didn't call it theft, but it, you could see where um, this particular um, biz, this particular segment of the business had had um, less you know ceiling in the organization and just it, just the correlation to the business outcomes um, was really significant um, because they had chose to um, look at employee engagement as well as looking at Clifton strengths in the organization. And um, this particular business unit had really um, taken hold of that and done some significant things with it. And that's like, that's really powerful. If you, it is what you're saying is, and, and what the research from Gallup shows is if you have a strengths focus, your profit increases. Yes. Like bottom line, that is what the data yes. says. Yes, even even um, I don't you know I don't remember what the percentage is, but even the um, even only introducing strengths and actually doing a you know debrief or a, a session with someone and sharing what their top five are and going into some depth has some um, financial impact to the organization in terms of that engagement and ultimately, you know, profit in the organization, just, just simply introducing and an organization, um, you know, taking the time to do that with folks coming into the organization. So it has those benefits of, um, 
the so I always think of organizational benefits, right? Bottom line profit increases, also customers satisfaction increases, yes. those kinds of things. But actually, if we look at employees, well-being increases. They report that they are happier at work. There's just there's such an yes. abundance of um I think abundance of evidence of why people should have a strengths-based focus in life. Yes, yeah. Um, the, um, and you know me well enough, Jenny, to know that uh, while I love uh, the return on investment uh, and being able to share those business outcomes, um, the, the feel-good part of strengths is also very appealing to me. And um, just watching people, observing people, um, I just think about our our um, working relationship and our you know great friendship and just like you know like I was saying a little bit earlier, um, gosh the beauty of what unfolded when like oh that's why she does what she does and oh I know Jenny's really gonna like this or I know Jenny's not gonna like this you know um, and again I know it takes it takes time and investment um, but gosh I don't know that I would know the things about you that I know now, even after so many years of working together, if it had not been for the insights that come from, from strengths. Yeah. There's a, um, I've recently been working with some US based teams and I got to, I guess, facilitate a very similar conversation between a manager and one of their direct reports. Uh, so they've been working in the company for like 15 years. The pair of them knew each other really well. The company has since said, let's do strengths based. So I'm doing a, a team session with them. And as we go through the, the, um, the workshop, and it was four hours virtual, as we go through the workshop, the manager starts to say, I have never heard you be this reflective before. I had no idea that this was something that that was important to you. And this person has started out mm. by saying, these are my top five and I've got empathy in my top five and I disagree with it. I don't see it in myself. And then throughout the four hours, I would be talking about something and they give a response and I would tell them how I could see that as empathy. And this person very slowly started to say, well, I remember when I was 10 years old and, and I did that thing and now I see it's empathy. And, and throughout the duration of the four hours, this mm. team started being a, oh, you know, strengths. It does take a lot of investment. There's 34. How am I supposed to learn them all? To the end where the manager was just, and the team was like, whoa like who are who is this this member That's of awesome. our team who now <laughs> understands their behaviors and and kind of puts it out there and says actually this is me I have empathy in my top five and I'm gonna own it because this is who I am um and that's awesome yeah it was really special to, to be able to to be part of that but you mentioned our relationship and kind of knowing oh well Jenny does this thing because of because of that strength how do you think our relationship would have been different if we wouldn't have done strengths? Uh, I, well, I would say You'd be you like Jenny are, Dixon is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> you are not an open book, Jenny. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that. Uh, you have high standards, high expectations. And um and I remember, I don't know whether I've ever shared this with you or not, but I remember being sad when, you know, that uh, Q12 question of I have a best friend at work 
Um, and then, I mean, this was very early on in our relationship. I remember you, you know, like, I don't need a best friend at work. I don't even really have many best friends in life. You know, like, um, there was a sort of rejection of, uh, the friendship that we now share. Um, and I was like, Oh gosh, that's so sad, you know? Um, and I just, uh, I don't think that, um, I think it would have taken us a, a much longer time. You know, would it have happened? Quite likely. Yes. Would we be the friends that we are today? Quite likely. Yes. Um, I don't think that we would have shared the dynamic that we shared and the impact that we had working together. Um, those are the things that I think we would have just missed out on and, and, or it would have taken us much longer to get there. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, what's really ironic about that story is that now it's the story that I use because I have a best friend at work is the one that we always get so much pushback over. Um, And I always say, I use the example of you and I say, well, when I worked with Mindy, I would always agree with, you know, it got to a point where I was like, I agree. And then when it was taken away, I absolutely can understand the significance of it as a role, as a question, because all of a sudden you go, oh, well, I don't have a best friend at work. What tethers me here? Yes. Like, what's that thing that keeps yes. me here? So it does have that huge significance. Um, so you are my, you were my best friend at work. So there you go. It was, <laughs> it's official. There is an engagement survey somewhere that says I have a best friend at work. Best friend at work. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um, just as, as we're starting to wrap up then today, if somebody is, somebody's listened today and they've gone, this makes sense. Like, it sounds like it makes sense. Obviously, there's a financial investment, but off the back end of it, there's a, it makes sense in terms of return of investment. What would you say is someone's first step to getting involved with strengths? Uh, so I would, um, take the Clifton strengths assessment. Um, it's 20 bucks to get your top five. And um, I would look at the reports that come with your top five. And um, it's, you know, really, you can't help others if you don't know and understand your own uh, self. And, um, and that, you know, from a technical perspective, um, what, what we contend as coaches is that just because you get this top five list and these are the areas where you have the most potential to excel um, does not mean that you're actually leveraging those strengths. So there's this um, journey that needs to unfold where you read read your report and actually start to practice and put into practice those things. Um, so your top five actually do become strengths. And then, you know, then you can sort of go from there. Maybe you, you ask your spouse or your best friend at work or, you know, somebody to actually look at the results and sort of explore it with you as well. That's where I would start. Thank you. And with your, with your leadership hat on, your leadership experience, what is the thing that you wish you would have known when you started out that you know now about just how to be a good leader and how to have that strengths-based focus? I, I think I would um, wish I had known just how convinced I was that a manager can make such a difference in 
the um, engagement and joy and reward of work um, because I really felt that in my gut. I was convicted about it, but I didn't act on it um, as much when I really started to study strengths and how, what a difference a manager could make. Thank you so much. I wish I had trusted that that instinct more. <laughs> when you were younger. And then who knows, yeah. you could have been the CEO of Gallup by now. But there you go. <laughs> hey, still on the bucket list. <laughs> oh, on that note, Mindy, thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation with me about strength. I miss you, girly. Leadership. I miss you too. Thank you so much to Mindy for joining me for a chat today about Clifton Strengths. I think my light bulb moment for today was around the return on investment. So for an organization, it just feels like it just makes sense to use a tool like Clifton Strengths and become a strengths-based organization. Uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, for now, toodles. Toodles.